This is the SF Productions Podcast Network. How I Got My Wife to Read Comics Episode 620 Can a comic book collector of over 30 years get his wife to read them? Will she let him keep them? Learn more in this podcast. Let's go to the comic book lounge with Mindy and Mark. Harley gets redder, Lady Cop gets a name, the Doom Patrol goes to therapy, Superman finds hope, Paul Cornell attends a con, Sunstar learns his secret origin, and the smaller circus comes to San Diego. This is how I got my wife to read comics for Sunday, July 23rd, 2023. I'm Mark. And I'm Mindy. Just a reminder, go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts and blogs, subscribe via your favorite podcast catcher, and maybe leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com, like us at facebook.com slash sfppn, check out Instagram at sfpodnetwork, or call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. Harley Quinn, Black and White and Redder by Zadarsky, McGuire, Williams, Busto, Shear, Giovanetti, and Riley. DC has been doing this concept for a while now, an anthology short story series starring a character with primarily black and white artwork along with an accent color. The books have starred DC's Trinity up until now, which tells you how important Harley is to DC. This makes three Harley books currently on the shelves. Perhaps oversaturation is in play here? The Man of Steel. Harley and Ivy are in the Arctic dragging a huge set of lockpicks behind them. Of course, Harley has not clued Ivy in about the scheme, break into the Fortress of Solitude and swipe some artifacts. The door now has a keypad, and Harley guesses Hope the first try. A robotic bat butler accosts them. Is he that lonely? Does he love Batman? Or does he hate Batman, like everyone does? Before running into a poker game the JLA is holding. Clark takes the girls to Arkham, where Bruce meets him, asking about the Bat Butler. The Kevin Maguire artwork fits perfectly. Push through the pain. This is Harley as a teen when she was a competitive gymnast. Big surprise, there's a sadistic female coach. Harley watches her teammates being abused, but only tries to help one who's being bullied by the others. But when Harley is tortured by the coach, she turns the tables. It looks like Quinn used her gymnastics outfits as an inspiration for her later costumes. Get Gaggy. Harley is working as a waitress, maybe as a cover, when she runs into Gaggy and his crew. Gaggy was another one of Joker's goons, and he and Harley hate each other. They've got a job they need her expertise on, and she reluctantly agrees. Of course, it all goes south, and there's a double cross. The whole thing is told in flashback as Harley tells the tale to Harvey Bullock. I do think there's too much Harley Quinn right now. (laughs) Danger Street, book seven from DC Black Label by King, Fornes, and Stewart. The murder investigation has brought Lady Cop, whose name we finally learn, Chief Liza Warner, to the GT Corporation. She spends much of the issue cooling her heels while waiting for a meeting with the Commodore. 
There's a rude receptionist who we later learn works for the Commodore under duress. Her son is being held hostage. She's nonchalant about this. At one point, Jack Ryder comes in, and of course, he gets a meeting. The cop and the commentator chat, and he offers his business card. He's got a friend that might help. Later, he answers a call from her as the Creeper. Meanwhile, Simon is lounging on a beach. The last time we saw him, he had just begged for help from the outsiders. So how did he get here? Fate's Helmet explains, It would be an exciting story. Would that I had time now to tell it, but I do not. Great way to just kind of wallpaper over that. Yeah. Simon sees Manhunter looming over him and runs into the ocean. What the am I doing? I, I'm, I'm going to swim to Japan? But there's method to his madness. Manhunter in the water is now surrounded by the outsiders. You're just the right dude to help us with the Commodore. Meanwhile, the Dingmats are arrested for making graffiti, changing a Danger Street sign to Anger Street. Nonfat is fingerprinted. Use the ones from last month. The officer notes that he isn't dealing with Lady Cop. You're in some real trouble now when she hears about you calling her Lady Cop. Nonfat is put in a cell where he finds Warlord, and they tell their tales while playing cards. Nonfat watches the clock. There's going to be a breakout in eight hours. Meanwhile, Darkseid wants more fire in the pits of Apocalypse, which will just use up the planet faster. If the planet cannot sustain the flames, find another source of kindling. Perhaps try a god. But the fires continue to lessen. Meanwhile, Orion drowns his sorrows with beer, trying to leave a message with his mother box, which is acting more like an Amazon echo. Orion pours beer over it, shorting it out. All this action is interspersed throughout the issue, ending with a panel-by-panel check-in of our players. To be continued. I'm getting kind of bored with this one, Mark. (laughs) I'm enjoying it. Eh, That's good. Unstoppable Doom Patrol, number four of seven by Culver, LaFuente, and Reber. This issue gives us a breather as we follow therapy sessions with Dr. Cinco, a.k.a. Jerry, and the team members. Degenerate is, of course, not happy about the required therapy and has never gotten past Jerry's explanation of her extra-dimensional cells. He wants to know why he was approved for field work despite lack of therapy progress. We get some info on the battle with Animal Vegetable Mineral Man. Perhaps this was a jettison storyline once this title became a retroactive miniseries. Jerry tells him he was okayed because actions teach. So... He was approved for field work so he could learn why he was approved. Mm. They're fifth dimensional uh, therapists, (laughs) so what do you expect? Rita's session covers how she seems in a loop, making progress, things go well, and then something terrible happens. Is it survivor's guilt? Can she allow herself to be happy? Larry goes through his whole storyline in his session, which ends with him finding peace, but also finding himself alone. Cliff gives his whole backstory with his issues coming down to trust. We then get Beast Girl's backstory, a girl who discovers powers only to see her family abandon her. Now the Doom Patrol is her team. Jane slash Chief checks in. She just wants to know how things are going, but has no time to be analyzed herself. We end with a mirror shot of Chief with an angry Jane in the glass. Seems like this issue was designed to clean up some hanging threads and remind people about the team... And if you need reminding your readers by issue four who these characters are, there's a real issue here. Unless, because they never really went into the backstory 
like in issue one or two of the regular Doom Patrol. They just assume people know about them. But maybe they're thinking, oh, people are reading this that don't know about Doom Patrol. I don't know why they would think that. Right. You're four issues in. (laughs) Superman Lost, number five of ten by Priest, Pagulayan, Paz, and Cox. We begin in the aftermath. Lois has lunch with Diana. To be honest, I never liked you. It's probably the bathing suit. Ignore me, Diana. I'm a long walk from rational these days. She's there to borrow the magic lasso. Cut to Clark back at the Daily Planet. He's having trouble paying attention to others and wondering why he's there. And then back to the past. We're in year eight in the faux Kent farm. Jimmy continues research into finding a way home for Clark. Also there, Hope, the GL we met last issue. We cut back to the battle three years earlier with Clark ordering the Contractiteo to stand down. The attackers turn to Victor. Don't we have a contract? The Republic has not interfered. I imagine we'd have to call this force majeure. Clark and Hope break into the underground Republic and ask Victor to stop the attack, but he's just following the will of the people. Clark announces he's leaving now that he has a GL to get him home. Who are you and what is a Green Lantern? Hope got her ring from a dying GL who didn't get a chance to explain things to her, and the ring only works in the local sector. They fly to the edge of such sector, which still isn't far enough for Clark to find his way. Which brings us back to the now roommates. Clark sees Hope taking a shower and they exchange a glance. Jimmy finds a possible answer and tells Hope about it, only for her to kill Jimmy. I've been lonely for too long. I can't let you take him away from me. Back to current day, Clark accidentally calls Lois Hope, and she notes that he's muttered it in his sleep. You're not on that planet anymore, Clark. You're home. You're safe. Watch me prove it. She slips the lasso around him, and he falls to his knees with Lois comforting him. Con and On, number one from Ahoy Comics by Cornell and Cresta. This is not so much a story, per se, but a set of memories from Paul Cornell about his experiences at comic conventions. The action takes place at Vista El Marcon 1992, which is clearly a San Diego stand-in. Eddie and Deja are all excited about attending, with plans to find the private parties while not looking like newbies. They split up, planning to meet later. Eddie goes into a bar and runs into amalgams of UK creators of the time. Could you be a love and tell anyone who looks like they're with the con to F off? Cut to two small girls in cosplay, recognizing the smell of congores, some of which are not well acquainted with hygiene. We cut to an actor who played a Romulan on a TNG episode in his agent. He wants to go into the crowd, so he slips on a disguise. And then we cut back to Eddie, who meets a Julius Schwartz-esque character. He will let Eddie ask questions until he finishes his sandwich. And then back to Deja, getting her portfolio reviewed. The reviewers are too busy chatting among themselves to actually do a review. A minor genre celebrity is taken down a notch when someone in line thought he was from another show. Wasn't that other guy great? Two senior sci-fi authors talk about the old days as people pass by their booth. There's a reference to the idea of a TV show being introduced at a con, which is considered at that point an experiment. There's a proto-Karen who makes a fuss that actors aren't superheroes at a session. Eddie gets an invite to a private party by not Julia Schwartz and blows off Deja. She runs into the minor genre celebrity, John, and they mutually moan their fate. Deja ends up at a private party for Jack Kirby. 
Next issue, 2001. Second Coming, Trinity Number 4 from Ahoy Comics by Russell Pace, Kirk, and Troy. Sunstar is attending an Unlock the Hero Within group therapy session. Most of the issue is Sunstar telling his story. He's enjoying being a dad, taking his powered son on cases until his wife Sheila finds out. He asks his grandmother, currently in a nursing home, to babysit. After all, she kept me out of trouble when I was a kid. Oh, is that what you think happened? What did she mean by that? Jesus is sitting in on the session as well. I'm just here to help others. He talks about his dad and how Jesus is coming around to God's viewpoint that mankind can't be fixed. Back to Sunstar, who takes the long way home, flying around the world. He ends up in his old hometown of Littleton, a.k.a. Smallville. The family home is now an adult store, and Sunstar goes into his old room, now a storeroom of sex dolls. He pulls out something hidden, a cache of Rememberium. His parents hid it from him until he was old enough. He takes it outside and drinks it. Memories come flooding back. The vitamins his parents gave him were actually power blockers, and they were out of them. One final pill would permanently take away his powers. It was his call on whether to take it. Of course, he was a boy and chose to have the powers. He decided to give his parents a gift, a trip to Africa, flying them there in their pickup. But he didn't realize they needed air in the upper atmosphere, and they died en route. The deaths were ruled an accident, and Grandma became his caretaker. Are you afraid of me? Yes. Grandma loved him enough to take the risk. When they left the family home, the boy drank Forgidium, thinking his parents died in a car accident, which technically they did. That final pill was lost, which I think is Chekhov's pill. I'm sure that's going to come back. Mm -hmm. Sunstar returns to his home, only to find it ablaze. That really took a dark turn in this comic. I mean, oof. It was good, but oof. This weekend is the annual San Diego Comic-Con, considered to be the largest in the world. Well, not as large this year, due to the striking writers and actors. Basically, no talent can appear at cons if they're promoting studio content, even if it's old stuff. This makes SDCC more of an actual comic show this year. Here's some of the major announcements. Star Trek Strange New Worlds will air their first musical episode, the first in the Star Trek franchise, in early August. The Strange New Worlds Lower Decks crossover was dropped days early on Paramount in the U.S. We enjoyed it thoroughly. We really did. I love both those shows, and the crossover was so good. Lower Decks Season 4 starts in September. A preview of the final season of Star Trek Discovery was released with that series coming in early 2024. Yawn. <laughs> That's not my favorite Star no. Trek. DC's next comic event is a crossover with properties from Legendary. The JLA will fight Godzilla and King Kong, and we will be skipping it. Warner Brothers Discovery are producing DC animated films for Crisis on Infinite Earths and Watchmen. Cue Alan Moore going berserk. Peacock will air a John Wick prequel series called The Continental. Season 2 of Invincible will drop in November, but an Adam Eve special just appeared on Amazon Prime. I was just thinking about Invincible and wondering if that was ever going to come out. And it is. Speaking of Amazon, the boys' spinoff Gen V will drop in September. 
And in Vanity Project news, Andy Samberg and Fallout Boy's Joe Troman are making a comic book, something about a vigilante fighting Nazis. Uh, <laughs> yawn. Announcer Bot, how can the folks find us online? Go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs. Subscribe via your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Like us at facebook.com slash sfppn. Check out Instagram at sfpodnetwork. Call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. Back to you, Mark. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.